Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the End Time Tribune, November the 18th, 2017. Thank you for joining the broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had articles of impeachment filed against uh, the present POTUS this week. We've had deadly flash flooding in Athens that the Guardian referred to as it biblical damage. It is amazing that also uh, Newsweek uh, came out and said, uh, well, this is the name of the article posted two days ago. End of days arrive in Greek town destroyed by biblical flooding. Now, on top of this, take note of this that a Medicaid is bearing down on Greece once again. Uh, So this might get extremely ugly, but it was uh, this storm uh, called Numa. Uh, The latest satellite imagery is still located off the southern tip of Italy in the late morning of November the 18th. That's this morning. So... Ladies and gentlemen, who knows what's going to go down uh, there in Greece. Uh, Take note that uh, the House Republicans uh, have given a blue light to their uh, tax reform. Everything seems to be getting into play. Take note, ladies and gentlemen, that a huge earthquake rocked the land in the midst of the rivers this week. So we have plenty to talk about and even more to cover that I'm sure we're not going to get to. Consider what days it in you're actually living. You know, it's amazing to me that all the prophets spoke of these days, yet most in American Christianity have no idea the nomenclature for these days. Something will eventually get their attention, and I wonder what that might be. Why, well, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Let's ride.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. My goodness, we have a lot to talk about tonight. Clinton, how did your week go, buddy? And uh, what has been catching your eye in the news this week? So much to focus on. Um, but jump right in here, uh, Clinton. You know, it's uh, it's just amazing to be alive in this time, um, just to see what's happening and and watch it and see the craziness all around us, but then seeing scripture just fit and everything move together. It's, it's been amazing. This last week has just been beyond belief. And then it's interesting also when you get just that little bit of hope, when you, you see the goodness of humanity and, and sometimes in the most surprising of ways, and it just makes you remember, you know, the goodness that this world still has offered and and the forces that are are fighting at this at this moment. You know Yes, how can I say it other than that? But you know, something else, another harbinger uh harbinger of war is uh ladies and gentlemen, we've got something not very good happening at present moment. The Argentinian seems to have lost a German-built, of course, submarine. And it amazes me how many times I have spoken publicly about the Falklands War and what happened. And uh, most Americans don't even know what, who, what, where, when, why it happened. Uh, so I think we've got more on the table uh, concerning this war card than most people realize. Well, Brian, uh, how has your week progressed, and what's been catching your eye in the news this week? Well, I'd have to say my week, yeah, when as usual. What caught my eye this week in the news? More of the same buildup. It was a little quiet earlier in the week. We had obviously a, depends on which uh, source you get from, 7.2 to 7.4 earthquake in the Kurdish regions of both Iran and Iraq that sort of calmed things down in the Middle East for at least a few days, but then they started rumbling again. Well, along those same lines, uh, Brian... I don't know if most people have realized what happens, but uh, uh, there were uprisings uh, there in uh, Thessaloniki. Uh, the Greeks were uh, revolting in uh, remembrance of the student uprising that happened in 1973. Um, and I just took a precursory look, but something really caught my eye. Uh, this is from the Greek Reporter uh, newspaper. Uh, the 16 arrested during the coordinated police operation held just after midnight following violent clashes between anarchist groups and police around the Athens Polytechnic on Friday night after the end of the annual November the 17th protest march. A police announcement said 16 arrested included nine Greeks Aged, catch this, ladies and gentlemen, 18 to 32. And seven foreign nationals, two French nationals, 
aged 22 and 26, and a 27-year-old Italian man, a 20-year-old Lithuanian man, two Germans aged 37, 30, and a 19-year-old Iranian man. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, all kinds of things happening in Greece. Uh, Like I said, most people were probably not expecting on me to talk about Greece and Argentina, uh, but well, I, you know, have taken Brian's advice, and I take those uh, email notifications for keywords that comes out in the news, and I really do watch them. And it just blew my mind what's going on, not only with the flooding there in Greece. Uh, you know, I think uh, the latest the latest count was 19 dead with flash flooding. Um, but we also have this Medicaid, which is a hurricane in the Mediterranean Sea uh, that's building up to slam right into Greece. And then Argentina comes back up. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not, by any stretch of the imagination, just misplace a submarine. Uh, so who knows what is really going on Uh, south of the equator. We get so very little news out of there. But uh, let's go ahead and hand the show over to Clinton. Uh, Just so much to cover this week. Uh, Well, Clinton, the the mic is yours. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Uh, You know, everyone, I just wanted to kind of add on what I said earlier. And, and, And with all the stuff that's developing around the world, you know, it's it's we, we just have to be in conscious to understand and, and be glad that we were able to witness this and watch it. And also that good things are actually going to come about or you're going to see good people doing good things. And I was actually surprised. Um, you know, I mean, we see what's going on with the United States political arena and we see the debacle that's going on down in, in Alabama um, with the Roy Moore thing. And so, you know, I went to a town hall today to go and see what's going on with my local politicians. They had presentations set up. They had a whole agenda. They're not even in, you know, session yet. They don't even start until, you know, later in 2018. And they have a whole plan set up to try to fight the opium uh, epidemic that we're having, all the opioids. And for those of you that don't necessarily understand what that what that is, the best way I can put it is in football terms, when Brett Favre came out and said he had a hard time, stopped taking his pain medication because of injuries he had in football, that's an opium problem. And the, the majority of the United States is having this issue. I did not realize that 73% of people that are addicted to opiums um, got the medicine from someone else's medicine cabinet. Did not realize that. And that's a major issue. And, and you can stem that back to the issues there with pharmaceutical companies. You can stem that back into, you know, the fact that people are given 50 pills when they only need five, you know, for a minor injury or, or whatever it may be. But it's nice to see people actually trying to help the situation, you know, by setting up treatment centers, setting up ways to help people get back into society. And, you know, it's just very nice to see politicians working both sides, Republicans, Democrats working together putting things together to help mankind. So, so I think that's amazing to absolutely see. 
Now, when you look at what's going on everywhere else, it's it's not as rosy. He's not as happy. Um, and, and a lot of people are having a hard time trying to figure out where to look. Where do you find the real news? Because when you turn on all the news agencies, it's just junk. They don't really necessarily talk about anything of, of relevance. I mean, the, the fact that what happened in Venezuela this last week hasn't even really been talked about is a major, major deal. I mean, we've been talking about Venezuela for a while, and they have officially defaulted on you know, a portion of their debt, $60 billion worth. Now, Russia came in and actually made a deal to restructure $3.5 billion worth of debt with Venezuela. And in exchange for restructuring this, what it does is it basically makes it to where they have to pay back the debt within 10 years, and for the first six years, they don't have to pay anything. They, they don't, it's just free money if they don't pay anything. It's kind of like when you go down and buy furniture and you don't pay anything for you know, a year or whatever it is. It's the same kind of program. That's what their plan is. The hitch is, though, the payments are guaranteed by oil. And it also gives the country of Russia 49.9% of the company Sitco in Venezuela. Now, what people don't realize is Venezuela sits on the largest oil reserves in the world. More than Saudi Arabia, more than the United States, it's in Venezuela. And they just gave half of Sitco to Russia. Because we would not give funding to Venezuela. Because we said, hey, if we give them money, it's going to go straight to their government, and they're going to fund it to the military to attack the United States or whatever narrative we need to, to expand from that. But that was the reason that we didn't give money to them. So Russia did. <laughs> and this is a trend that's traveling everywhere. Uh, you know, when Trump first got into office, it was, you know, get rid of the TPP. You know, get rid of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And so what happened is, well, we look at it now, and all the other countries continued. Everyone else kept working on the deal, and they're about ready to make the deal without the United States. So all the benefits that we were going to get to be part of the deal are gone. They're done. Not going to happen. And who's this benefit? Well, this, this benefits the BRICS nations. You know, the, the countries that are creating a banking system outside of the Western banking system, Brazil, South America, or South Africa, and India, those are your basic BRICS nations. Now, they have been trying to expand since then, and Venezuela is one of those countries they have been courting. And you can see they actually made a move. We, we've talked before in the program about the petrol you want and the petrodollar. Now they just got massive reserves on top of what is already in Russia. So this is expanding. And this, this economic war is interesting because of the asset transfers that are happening. We, we see that the, the House, the United States House, just passed their tax reform. So now basically you take the Senate bill, you take the House bill, you go and you put it in a committee, they're supposed to hash everything out, and then they come out with the bill that the president signs. Well, you know, you can debate at the logistics, but the, the point of it comes down to it's going to be massive tax breaks for corporations. It's going to allow the trillions of dollars, and we're talking at least $5 trillion, that's trapped overseas that is in cash to come into the United States tax-free. 
for corporations. And also the tax cuts that go to the lower end population expire. And, and it's interesting because you look into it, and the reason that they actually had to make it to where they had to get, have one expire is because there's rules in place when you have only one party voting on laws and passing laws. They can't necessarily push out the debt past 10 years because this tax plan makes it to where they have to add $1.5 trillion to the deficit. Now, it's only Republicans voting for this. So it's one party that's doing it, and they're filling every loophole they can to pass this. But they can't make the tax cuts permanent because it's only one party doing it. So they purposely chose to give the permanent tax breaks to the companies and to leave the individuals you know, up to their own devices versus the other way around or making sure that things are actually going to benefit people on the opposite side. So we have a little bit of a, a little bit of work ahead of us before this is actually going into effect. But the whole plan is to have it all put together before Christmas because, well, you know, the president of the United States needs his bonus. And, and passing this tax plan would end up giving Donald Trump, I've heard reports of $12 million or $20 million per year back from the tax breaks. So we have to make sure that the bonuses are given out on time, and that's going to be around Christmas. So that's why they're trying to push so hard to get to Christmas. So, so make sure to be looking over there. Make sure to be watching that. Make sure to be watching what's going on in the political arena because you're not going to see everything else that's going on. And one development that has been very eerie uh, that I've been watching for quite a while um, is kind of the main reason I think that this whole facade – of Brexit was put in place. Now, for those of you that haven't been watching, because we haven't been talking about Brexit for quite a while, is basically, you know, Britain is leaving the European Union, you know, and, and they're trying to do it financially. They're trying to do it through the banking system, and they can't. They're having a hard time. But they already accomplished what they planned on by this whole charade. You know, even if Great Britain doesn't leave the EU, the agenda's already been made. And what I mean by that is the formation of the European army. They, they, the countries within the EU have been wanting to make a European army for a long time. And the one vote that was against the formation of the European Union army was the UK, was Great Britain. They did not want to allow the Europeans to have one solidified army. So when Brexit happened, all this charade happened, the pullout happened, that vote no longer needed to be cast. It didn't matter what Great Britain felt because the rest of Europe could continue on and create the European army. And they did just that. You know, it only took 70 years, but the European Union finally signed a pact on November 13th, agreeing to integrate military funding, weapons development, and deployment of European defenses. Now, the U.K. Uh, has been afraid of this, you know, because they, they were afraid of a huge European army, and, and uh, when they pulled out, they're able to do this. Now, once they pass this, $5.8 billion is basically given to the European army to buy weapons, operations, you know, to fund it. Um, and, of course, the, the prime minister of Germany, you know, called it a milestone for European development. Because, I mean, if you follow the money, the one country that is holding the European Union up is Germany. 
and they just got their army. They just bypassed the, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say constitution, the, 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 what happened after World War II that made it so that way Germany could not have an army. They just bypassed that because they just created a European army that is basically funded by Germany. Now, the crazy thing about this is all these independent armies throughout Europe, now they're going to be able to get together and co-develop weapons. So Belgium has been working on this technology. France has been working on this technology. Germany has been working on this technology. Italy on this. Now they can fuse them all together. Who knows what kind of weaponry, what kind of technology is going to come out of this? Because, well, we're, we're living in a, in a very unique period of time. So anything can be open. Anything's a possibility. Now, they're supposed to sign this agreement in December to make it legally binding, to make sure that they have a true European army. Because, well, the leopard has to have his spots, right? <laughs> so, so that development is, is crazy. But what's happening in the Middle East is, is beyond belief. Um, there's still reports saying that the, the Saudi king is going to step down you know, from his throne and, and give the, the palace, give the keys to Saudi's empire to his son. Now, part of the reports are saying that the king is doing this because he has dementia. So he's 81 years old. He has dementia. He can't necessarily run the government, so he's going to have his son do it. And his son came from nowhere to the head of the Saudi royal family in three years. Now, this is from uh, the Times of Israel, and it's just a little brief thing I just want to read. Um, it says, at just 32 years old, uh, with little experience in government, he has risen to power in just three years to oversee all major aspects of uh, politics, security, and the economy of Saudi Arabia. As defense minister, he is in charge of the Saudi-led war in Yemen, where troops have faced off against Iranian-backed Houthi rebels, and is seen as taking a hard line against Tehran. He also appears to have support of President Donald Trump and his son-in-law, senior advisor Jake, uh, Jared Kushner, who visited him last month. So we have these moves where the, the prince is being moved into place. Now, the, the main issue that people are saying is because, well, these moves have to be made because of what's going to happen in Israel. Because of this, you know, issue that's happening in Lebanon with the, the prime minister stepping down with Hezbollah saying that they're actually, you know, it's war being raised by Saudi Arabia. Well, the crown prince plans on making a strong military push by Saudi Arabia against Hezbollah in, in Lebanon. This has been the plan. It says uh, MBS plan is to start the fire in Lebanon, but he's hoping to count on Israeli military backing. He's already promised that Israel uh, already promised Israel billions of dollars in direct financial aid if they agree. And analysts have noted Israel's reluctance to launch a war against Hezbollah on the Saudi's behalf, given the devastating effects of the terrorist uh, group's missiles that would wreak havoc. So basically, Israel is on board. They just haven't wanted to do it because they're afraid of the missiles that Hezbollah is going to launch into Israel. So they're waiting for Saudi Arabia to start it. They're waiting for Saudi to do it.
do whatever they plan on doing in, in Lebanon. And Israel came out just in the last couple of days saying that they're ready to cooperate with Saudi Arabia to face Iran. Like they're serious about this. Like they, they've had a major general come out and say that militarily they're ready to cooperate with Saudi Arabia to face Iran in Syria and elsewhere. This is, this is getting ridiculous. This is getting so close. It's unbelievable at this point. Netanyahu has come out and said that he's even willing to go into Syria by himself. You know, the, here's a couple quotes. Um, with the de- uh, declared intent of using Syria as a base in which to destroy Israel. And that's what Netanyahu is saying about Iran. Now he goes on and says, if we stand together, we will achieve it. But if we have to, we'll stand alone. Iran will not get nuclear weapons. It will not turn Syria into a military base against Israel. Netanyahu said for a long time he's not going to stand for Iran. And Hezbollah, who has been backing them, is primarily waging against now. This war is right on the verge. It's who's going to start it. Is what happened with the prime minister in Lebanon the start of this transition that's going to go on in the Middle East? This proxy war that's going to turn into an actual war. And what happens with the, the peace treaty? Because, I mean, we, we talked about last week how Mahmoud Abbas went to Saudi Arabia and had a conference with the king before all of this stuff went down to give him an update on the Israeli-Palestinian negotiations and also the negotiations between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. So Mahmoud Abbas just did that. And then today, President Trump comes out and says to the Palestinian Authority, you have 90 days to work on a peace treaty with Israel, or we are shutting down your office in D.C., in in Washington, your embassy in Washington. We are shutting it down. You have 90 days to go and show that you're actually trying to negotiate with Israel on this peace deal. Interesting. Interesting. What kind of role does Saudi Arabia play in this? If we have the leader of the group that just got threatened to have their embassy shut down for not negotiating, just gave an update on the negotiations to the Saudi king before he put his son in power. <laughs> I, I hope I, I put that correctly. I mean, th- this, is, this is getting beyond idiocracy. This is getting beyond crazy. But that seems like the web that we have developing around us, this, this game of charades, this behind the scenes, like everything is already set up, but we got to convince people that things are, you know, still up in the air. And you can even look at just the meetings that President Trump had with Vladimir Putin. If you're about ready to start World War III against a guy, why would you be smiling and cheerful and let him whisper in your ear? I mean, like, seriously, like, 
if if you have nukes pointed at me, I'm not going to have you whisper in my ear. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. I, you know, it doesn't matter. And that's what happened. So what is going on? Why is there this push to fulfill everything? And that's exactly what is going on is everything is being fulfilled. I mean, Matthew talked about earlier, what is it going to take for people to wake up? What is it going to take for people that have not been looking at the signs or have not been paying attention to actually wake up and pay attention? What's it going to take? Is it going to take a treaty in the Middle East? Is it going to take some major deal that involves Israel, Saudi Arabia, the United States? <laughs> What's it going to take? War between Saudi Arabia and Iran? Between Syria and Israel? Well, if that's what it takes, it may be right there. It may be right on the precipice of seeing that. And I hope that this is not true. But, I mean, we, we've seen some crazy things happening with the weather. You know, one, Matthew brought up Argentina. And, and they recently just went through the craziest hailstorm I've ever seen. You know, reports were saying that there was five feet of hail that dropped in Argentina. You know, we have uh, this hole that is opening up in Antarctica. You know, Matthew talked about the flood in Greece and something, you know, I don't even know the word, but a hurricane in the Mediterranean. Like, you know, I, I've, I've never heard of that. I've never experienced that. I've never seen it. I've never fathomed that. But these are what we are seeing. So, you know, Matthew, I'll hand it back to you in a second, but there's one more little topic that I just wanted to bring up. And, and, you know, we have the border wall that's being put up between the United States and Mexico, this lasting symbol of our beliefs towards our neighbor, as you can put it. And we have a company, you know, Cards Against Humanity. It's a game that they bought up a, a portion of the, the border, right where the wall was going to go through, so that way the wall cannot be put down. You know, as their stance of saying, hey, we don't agree with this action. We don't agree with the treatment of our neighbor. And so the Trump administration, you know, the chess players that they are, they uh, hired a bunch of lawyers um, that are going to look into seizing Americans' property along the United States-Mexican border to create and build this wall. So I, I, I was shocked about a month ago when I saw a report of a golf course owner who was going to have the wall go through his golf course, destroy something that's been in his family for a generation. And he still said that he would not pull his vote back for Donald Trump, even though his family is going to lose their business because they're going to take his golf course to build a wall. He was okay with that. I, I don't know how you find the one person that will come on TV and actually say that, but I'm sorry, but if you try to take my family's land, I'm going to be pretty upset about it. I'm not going to just be okay and say, yes, take my golf course, take my land. 
to build a wall between our neighbors. But we live in very unique times, very interesting times. And we've seen what happened up in North Dakota with the oil wells that went through the Native Americans' reservations. That this administration, that this government doesn't care about your property. If they want it, they need it. For the well-being of the country, they will take it. So, Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, man. Well, thank you for that news coverage there, Clinton. Um, you touched a lot uh, upon a lot of things that needed to be covered. Um, and yes, that is called a Medicaid, Clinton. It is um, well. You know, there's no reason for me to give discourse on it because you already did. Um, you have the feel of those uh, that have been educated, uh, Clinton, because you did attend an institution of higher learning, and this should have everybody disturbed. How can an adult educated man uh, not know what a Medicaid is? It's supposed to be normal, right? They happen every year? Well, of course they don't. But this has been the lay of the land with the news since about 2010. We have all kinds of events coming out, and all of a sudden, you know, these scientists come out. Yeah, it's normal. And most people just give the deer in the headlights look. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it's not normal for there to be five-foot-deep hail in Argentina, no more than it's normal to have a hurricane develop in the Mediterranean Sea. And if you think, personally, that uh, Greek newspapers... And Newsweek was incorrect of them describing these events as biblical? You obviously don't have a Christian worldview. You most probably have an entertainment worldview. So, uh, Let's, let's, let's just talk about the Dandemong Creek Committee. This was uh, released in the Herald Sun. Um, they had a fish kill there. And something caught my attention because, uh, well, let me read it. Uh, first friends of the Dandemong Creek Committee member, Anthony Bigelow, said he saw more than 20 dead eels along the creek early last week. Direct quote. Eels usually try to get out of the water to escape danger, so whatever's happened to them must have been significant and hit them pretty fast, he said. I'm fearful of what's actually happened at this point. Yeah. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, why do I keep getting that from all of my friends that I have in academia that's looking into these things? 
And why is their sentiments not making it into the news? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you can't painfully see, <laughs> something's terribly wrong with the Earth's thermostat. I don't know how to help you. But they set up the perfect diversion years in advance, didn't they? Ah, yes. <laughs> they entertained you to death with, uh, oh, what was the name of that? Documentary, I can't remember. But anyway, the point being global warming and now it's climate change. Don't you realize you were set up for that? Now nobody believes a flying, ripping thing that comes out of their mouths. I mean, when was that documentary released and by whom? I think that most of it was actually been scientifically discredited, but nobody really cares about that. It was engineered entertainment. And it caught everybody right where they needed to be caught in advance. The perfect delusional distraction. <laughs> so when you just take a look for fish kills and bird kills, oh you'll you'll find them um on a weekly basis. Weekly basis, ladies and gentlemen. I mean there's things going on astronomically. That just makes me shake my head, not being reported, and when it is reported in scientific journals, everybody's quiet. They should be, even though they're not aware of the reason why, it's because there's always a dead calm before the storm. So the deer in the headlights stare, that's appropriate, actually. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've had multiple bird kills this week. You can only find it in local news sources. But, uh, well, let me just read this. The carcasses of some 73 migratory birds – I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we, we've got some serious problems, but everybody's keeping their eye on the ball, aren't they? Of course, which ball in reference is just all depending on what time of year it is. Sometimes it's baseball, sometimes it's football, sometimes it's basketball, sometimes it's soccer. 
but just take note, like I made reference, uh, I don't know if it was here on the End Time Tribune or not, but, uh, you know, like this this cunningly devised fable of Flat Earth. You don't realize why they did that when they did that? I think I just caught the name of it. I think it was an inconvenient truth uh, done by some politician. I can't remember which one. I'm sure he's a dead issue by now. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> my goodness, it uh, doesn't matter which American news source I go to, 70 to 90% of the articles that I scroll down with is pure entertainment, pure entertainment. Pure entertainment. Makes me think of a video I was prepping to do right before the show, and I kind of altered my course because it's so painfully obvious what's going on. People sent me questions about a video I just did. I was explaining in there the Hebrew references uh, to age somebody thought to send me a pretty good question about what what does this have to do with age groups something's vitally important with the age groups I said yes did you read the next chapter two of the people actually responded by what next chapter we didn't hear you reference another chapter no I literally meant the next chapter because it starts out like this For seven women will take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes, only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. They have as yet to respond to me. I mean... Yes, I did cover one important verse in the prior chapter, but ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the reason why those two chapters go together, you have no idea what is to come, and you're in danger. You've entertained yourself to death. Okay, look. Those two chapters are real. Do you not understand that they really are going to happen, but you don't understand what they're talking about? Well, of course you're not going to understand the first verse of the chapter that comes after the one I was talking about. Here, let's, let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do this. I mean, this is really quite easy. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, 30 verses here. I mean, we're not talking even about 20 verses here. What amazes me, 
This is six verses. And if you didn't have a clue as to what it meant up until this point, you're in danger. You've entertained yourself to death. And there's one thing you need to walk away from this broadcast understanding. Uh, God is making references to all the age groups for a reason. For a reason. King James Version. And yes, if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, no, I haven't given you the chapter number. You're stunned, aren't you, that I said that? You have no idea. You think this is poetry or something. You think this chapter I'm getting ready to read, which is six very short verses, you have always thought in your mind it was like a little golden book. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to tell you exactly what is going to happen when you're gathered unto the tabernacle of David? If you don't know what that is, you need to get your eye off the ball and get it on the Bible, God's holy word. So, just relax for a minute. This is six very short verses. It's not complicated at all. But this is really going to happen. God is actually giving you data, technical data concerning a future event that he himself has put his foot down and told his children, this is what's going to happen. So you need to have a heads up on it. That's why it was written. From the... Let's see, what should we do? Let's, let's just do it to KJV. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name and take away our reproach. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory, shall be a defense, and there shall be a tabernacle for the shadow in the daytime from the heat, and for a place of refuge, and for a covert from storm and from rain. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am sorely sorry that this translation used something that is foreign to you. But this translation did translate H6413 as escaped. And even though I read the very verses describing where you're going to go, what's going to happen there, you think you're going to evacuate planet Earth. You actually have said in your heart that you will ascend the heights of heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to seriously consider that. Don't you realize that's really what you think in your heart when God never said you were going... He said he was coming back and he was going to bring back with him those that had gone before you. But he never said he was taking you to... Ladies and gentlemen, that's an evil thought for you to think you're going to ascend to heaven. But if you think there is going to be a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire... um. I don't know, I guess in the outer court in heaven, uh, I don't know how I can help you if you think that. I don't know what I can do for you. So, I understand that the people that questioned me about that video I just did. I understand how you must feel. But you need to consider that two of you said you had been studying Bible prophecy for 20 years. Why do you always say that? Since 2010, since May of 2010, I must have gotten... I don't know, thousands of letters from people saying that. And yet you would be shocked that everything that came out of my mouth was absolutely true about you concerning uh, the answer you was looking for in the next chapter that's only six verses and you realize that everything I said was true. You never believed it, did you? You never believed God was going to do this. You never believed it. And I honestly don't know why. You know, it it amazes me 
you claim the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, yet the only way you even know his name is because of the Bible, God's holy word. That's the only way you ever heard of him. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hoping to go anywhere else outside of that tabernacle that he talked about in the last verse of that chapter I just read, you're in danger. Because that tells me when everybody gets their Selah moment, and surely all of you know about the writers of the apocalypse, right? What happens? It clearly says that everybody will know what's going on. Don't you realize that's when you're going to find out? And don't you realize that's exactly when it's too late? Ladies and gentlemen, you can put your bottom dollar on this. The only people that is in Mount Zion, which is God's heavenly throne room, are the martyrs. That's it, nobody else. And do you not realize that God gets this shindig on the road because they are requesting that their number be fulfilled? And you really don't know what I'm talking about, do you? You have no idea. And I truly am sorry about that. I'm sorry that the six verses I read upset you. I had nothing to do with it. But, I mean, you can even, uh, uh, you know, let's do this. The primary chapter in reference here, I'm just going to read uh, the subject matters at hand. You can all look up the New American Standard Bible. It's in there. I think it's in some NIV study Bibles. But it's the it's the uh, section titles. This is just the section titles. Uh, heading number one: God will remove the leaders. Down in verse 13, God will judge. Uh, down to verse 16, Judah's women denounce. Uh, you need to realize that that's really going to happen. And the next chapter is just six simple verses that will explain everything the chapter before just told you. I mean, there's a reason why Sodom is there in verse 9 of the primary chapter. Why 12... Look, it's, it's important that you understand what is to come. 
It's got nothing to do with you know fantasy science fiction. It really don't. And you need to understand why the book of Revelation says, you know, talks about Jerusalem. And he says, figuratively, Egypt and Sodom. Do you not understand what he's doing? <laughs> City and country. That's why he said that. He's representing this thought with a city. And that same idea with the country. He's going somewhere with it. So, most of you need to start reading the Bible and believing what it says because it really is going to happen. And if what it says doesn't fit into your, uh, your in-time Timelines, if the events you have on your timelines in your heads or whatever, if those events aren't mentioned in the scripture, they're fantasy science fiction. They really are. But, ladies and gentlemen, Everything that's happened this week, both politically and geologically speaking, has been covered up by weapons of mass entertainment. Get your eye off the ball. And you don't want to find out what is to come when everybody else does? You really don't. And you really do need to understand that seven women really are going to do exactly what God said for a reason. Because that reason is that He's going to do to the age groups exactly what he said he was going to do in great detail. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you need to know which age group you're in. I mean, you need to at least know that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our break this week is once again provided by Reawaken Hymns. Do enjoy, and please try not to get upset at what I said. It was not my intention to get you upset. My intention was to get you concerned about what God actually said. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. We'll be back in seven minutes, 27 seconds. In Christ alone, my hope 
Check out my website, www.reawakenhymns.com, or find me on YouTube at Reawaken Hymns. Yeah. 
My thanks out to Nate for providing those breaks for us. Um, this time, you know, I, I want to thank Nate personally. It calmed me down enough that I could correct my course, I guess. Let me put it to you this way. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you some of your favorite rapture verses, okay? Uh, this happens to be from a website to a person I'm corresponding with, actually live in real time right now. He was listening to live, and he was sending me messages on Facebook. I want you to think about what I'm going to say. You say that in the rapture you're going to be transfigured and taken to heaven, correct? That's what you say. I'll give some of these, not in any particular order or whatever, but let's just think about this. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. You're told again, different book, different chapter, 
But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we wait a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Right here, it really come out and said it, that Jesus is coming back from heaven to planet Earth to transfigure you. Now, with that in mind, listen to this. Please listen to this. Uh, just for the sake of everybody understanding what it says in this day and age, because I know what type of days we're living in. I'll read it out of the New American Standard Bible. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? So, ladies and gentlemen, under no circumstance or situation can the very simple six verses I read to you ever be after that event. It can't be. Let me read the first verse one more time. For seven women will take hold of one man, and that they sang, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes, only let us be called by your name, take away our reproach. That cannot be after a event whose only identifier is a non-biblical term. That verse, all six of these verses, cannot have to happen after any sort of rapture event. And it's this line of thinking, ladies and gentlemen, which is why I stated things the way I stated them before the break. I was just... I'm coming from the same point of view that the Lord Jesus was coming from. You have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm, I'm not trying to upset you. I'll, I'll read it one more time. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. Regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? You're not making any sense. So, maybe I should finish. And read the next couple of verses. Because the Lord my God finished out this stanza with exactly what you're feeling right now. Verse 32 of Matthew 22. 
I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Maybe you should just take that one verse, verse 46, and, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the New American Standard Bible. It only has two Greek words here that you need to look into. I mean, this, is, this verse has, what, six? That's right. It has six words in it, <laughs> just like the, that chapter that has you astonished has six verses. This has six words in it in the New American Standard Bible, but they only give you the Strong's numbers for two of those, and that, that's what you need to look at. Maybe you can just try to do that over the next week. I mean, don't get excited. Don't get you know frustrated. Just take your time and figure out what those two words mean in just the Greek. Consider that. Brian, uh, please do comment on what Clinton had to cover uh, and or what I had to, uh, to talk about. And then uh, jump right into your news spill. The mic is yours for the remainder of the show, Brian. Well, I mean, I don't know. Where do we start this week? I mean... I guess the most flat-out irritating thing is, as was kind of commented on earlier, is this entire week's news has been completely, uh, how would you put this, sanitized of anything, of any relevance. And I'd have to say pretty much at this point it's gotten to the stage of being intentional. There's been a couple of uh, major news sources that kind of caught on that uh, for instance, we got the uh, new tax uh, bill that's being rammed through, and you know it's almost as if they're going out of their way to cover this up and keep it completely quiet to the public so nobody knows what's going on. And you would think that the only thing that seems to be happening is um, various forms of either sexual assault or pedophilia or anything along this nature because that's all that seems to be showing up in American news sources. Everything else seems to be put on the back burner burner, and hardly anybody's paying attention to anything else that's going on. And it's just rather mind-boggling when you have all these circumstances still bubbling up here. Um, you know, how much coverage do we have of, let's say, North Korea this week? Well, we know we had a defector that uh, came storming across the border into South Korea, and they uh, pretty much lit him up, filled him with a bunch of bullets. It turns out he's got a bunch of pesticides, or a bunch of basically pests, worms, and all kinds of other stuff inside of him because of how bad the uh, food supply is there right now at the moment, so on and so forth. We had 
let's see, how much mention do we have of the earthquake that happened in the uh, Kurdistan region this week? Yes, I said Kurdistan, folks, because for the Sykes-Picot line was drawn out, that's exactly what that land was known as. And it hit predominantly only in those areas. Um, as far as American media sources were concerned, I think I saw one say something about the earthquake that happened there. Once again, the rest of them were completely silent. You had numbers that were uh, varying between, I saw 328 was one count of the amount dead, and then later there were numbers that started coming out that were showing way higher numbers, and again, absolutely ignored. Saudi Arabia's circumstance, as was pointed out, is definitely still uh, moving ahead full speed. When, let's see here. Well, we started having some of the people that were uh, rounded up in the infamous, uh, what they would call the corruption scandal, or as some that are paying attention would call a uh, coup of sorts. Now they're being released that they give over about 75% of their uh, finances to refill Saudi Arabia's coffers. And yes, I said refill. People, do you not understand that Saudi Arabia was bordering on bankruptcy not that long ago? So when we stop to think that Saudi Arabia is the one banging the war drums out in the Middle East, are you so certain? Because it's not really looking that way when you start looking at things logically. Now, yes, people are pointing their fingers saying Israel is behind any moves out there that may happen. And you could come to that conclusion, I would say, rightly so to an extent. Whereas uh, they just released that on top of it, Iran has now completed what they call the, uh, the uh, land bridge, basically, going up to the Golan Heights, coming straight out of Iran, coming up through Iraq into Syria, and now they have a way that they can move weapons quite easily along the roads all the way up into Lebanon, up to Hezbollah. So that's causing quite a bit of uh, consternation as we speak. But no matter what, you still cannot escape the fact alone that America's got their hands all over this circumstance that is happening out in the Middle East. And... Very few seem to be reporting on this as most everybody's looking the other way. And it gets a little bit frustrating when it's so blatantly obvious what has happened, and yet hardly anybody's talking about it. Now, I heard mention brought up in um, one of the articles that Clinton quoted from earlier that said, it states Kushner visited last month. Okay, folks, he visited within the two-day window of when the PM... The prime minister in Lebanon stepped down. He met with that prime minister two separate times. On top of it, there's reports that have come out that Saudi Arabia has told the Palestinians that you will accept the peace deal. That's all there is to it. Going hand in hand with this, now the United States is threatening to shut down the PLO uh, embassy here in uh, Washington, D.C., I believe, off the top of my head, because of the ICC rulings where they stated that they would not speak up against Israel, and they did at the latest meeting, and now 
They're threatening to kick them out. Palestine, in response, stating, well, we're not going to agree to go along with any sort of a peace deal if this is the way that we're going to be treated on American soil. Now, Turkey has been all over the news this week. There's been a lot going on there, and they just approved the Russian S-400 missile defense systems to be put in place there. And considering they were, yes, I stated were, because that's where this is heading. They are, as currently speaking, they are a NATO member, but I don't foresee that happening much longer. This week, one of the major uh, NATO exercises that was going on Somebody at one of their nice little war tables had drawn up who the enemy forces were, and lo and behold, there they had Ataturk, Erdogan. That didn't turn out so well. Turkey's really ticked off, and this seems to be a bit of a growing consensus lately, and all considering, once again, they are working on the atypical Astana um, agreements concerning Syria with... uh, Turkey, Russia, and Iran again to bring about a ceasefire in Syria and start bringing this war to a close, you can see that Turkey's alliances have shifted dramatically. And this goes backwards to last year, most definitely with the uh, Gulen coup that took place, with the Fido coup. But to wrap in with that, now on top of it, America is holding... And getting ready to press charges against somebody, basically for breaking the sanctions that were taking place with Iran, um, by basically funneling oil and various odds and ends through there. And they claim that he's being held on trumped-up charges, and this has Fido and Gulen written all over it again. And this circumstance is just going to keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But rather interesting little story I caught, I believe it was just yesterday this was released, came out uh, actually two days ago, on the 16th of November, out of uh, almonitor.com, rising oil prices add to Turkey's economic woes. And there's a few reasons I actually decided to pull this story up and read this, because people, you need to understand what's going to happen if we have a mega oil shock take place where they're pointing to increases up to $200 per barrel, and now there's some sites that are even floating 300 per barrel around out there if Saudi Arabia and Iran go to war with one another. This gives you an indication of how fast things can spiral and escalate just because of oil prices. See here, starting this article, the top and in Inflation rate stuck at 11% in urban unemployment rate above 13%, a current account deficit close to 5% of gross domestic product, a growing budget deficit, deficit, and a rapidly depreciating currency. Turkey is now being hit by an increase in global energy prices coupled with rises in prices for metals and minerals. Turkey relies heavily on a imports to meet its energy needs. The same goes for a number of raw materials. Turkey's bill for them is now swelling, not only because of the price increases themselves, but also 
because of the Turkey's lira depreciation, which makes the dollar more expensive. Crude oil imports, which represent the bulk of the bills, deserve a closer look. The upward trend in oil and other commodity prices accelerated in the second half of the year under the impact of various political and economic factors. Among the factors driving oil prices are anticipations of expanded U.S. economic growth through tax cuts, increased output by U.S. refineries, and corresponding increases in demand, strong demand from China and concerns over oil supplies fueled by the independence referendum in Iraqi Kurdistan, tensions in Saudi Arabia stirred up by a roundup of oil accused of corruption and ballistic missile attacks on Riyadh, and a drop in the drilling rate count in the United States have further compounded the trend. Crude oil prices as low as $44 per barrel in November 2016 began to rise in the ensuing months, reaching 55 in February. A reversal brought prices down to 46 in June. Since then, however, prices have shot up again, hitting 57 in September, 60 in October, and $65 in November. This represents an increase in nearly 48% over 12 months, in addition to the advent of winter a potentially stronger global growth trend could sustain the pace of the rise. And basically, moving down a little bit here in this article, rising oil prices and the tumbling lira are a double blow for the Turkish economy. The country's oil import bill swelled 36.5% in the first 10 months of the year, rising from $22 billion to $30 billion and accounting for more than half the increase in the foreign trade deficit this year. Besides its macroeconomic impact, the double blow bears directly on consumers as evidenced by frequent gasoline hikes in recent weeks. In terms of consumer prices, the year on inflation in the transport sector stood at 16.8% in October well above the overall inflation rate of 11.9% for the first 10 months alone. The figure stood at 14% and 9.5% respectively. So essentially breaking this down, folks, just a small increase in the oil prices compounded over time. Look at how much that affects inflation rates alone. Now, you go back to 2016, you had, what, $20, $25 increase from 45 up to 65 now? You see, when you account into that for the entire rate at which energy is used in a nation, that little fluctuation actually compounds itself into major billion-dollar scale. Now, take that and apply it to food. And apply it to everything else that has to be shipped using what? Using petrol. Now, has anybody stopped and considered where the seven churches of Revelation all were located and why it is that maybe I stopped to point out the importance of that little article that came out of Turkey? I think we're being given a heads up. We need to keep an eye on this circumstance. Where things are headed you can see that things are definitely escalating in this direction. And if we still continue to see rumblings going on in the Middle East, 
things are only going to continue to get worse. We had Lebanon's prime minister is now finally out in France after nonstop accusations and rumors that Saudi Arabia, Riyadh was actually holding him. Now he's meeting with Marcon in France and states that he's going to be going back to Beirut to give a more clear-cut and concise reason for his resignation. So now all of that speculation that he was in being held against his will has now been wiped under the rug. So this is just one more little step that's going to continue to increase and push these things forward. Another important thing that uh, Clinton pointed out earlier was the fact that you've got the European Union is making step forward with their own military. And I have to say in the terms of prophetically speaking, that might be important. But all considering we've talked about Ezekiel 38 and 35 many times before. Now I know all your, um, the infamous so-called scholars out there want to lead you to believe that Gog and Magog is somehow China and Russia. It's not the case, folks. Never has been. It's all through that corridor from Europe into Eastern Europe, a.k.a. through the Balkans. It's always been your key players for that Gog and Magog war. And now that they've got their own military force being put together, really begins to change things. Begins to make you wonder. What else do we have happen here this week? Let's see. People are beginning to get worried about uh, the diplomatic uh, sections within the American government because Tillerson has not brought forward any new appointments and they are continuing to cut the money being spent in that area. But, of course, when we're throwing an additional, from out of nowhere, $26 billion into the defense spending after they already hiked it a major amount as is previous that's being rammed through with this tax bill, I guess we don't need diplomacy if we just load up on guns and bullets. So, hey, you know, let's just get rid of that, whatever. Now, we talked last week about some things that were brought up concerning uh, guns and churches. Because after we had the shooting last week, they began to, many of the very churches began to talk about bringing concealed weapons in the church. Not that this is anything new. Jerry Falwell at Liberty University basically was telling his people within his church to carry concealed weapons quite some time back. Well, this week we had an accidental shooting as some man decides to pull out his weapon to show it off and takes the clip out, removes the round from the chamber, and then lo and behold, while well, he gets it back, he puts the clip back in, and then goes to show it to someone else, and they pull the trigger, and he accidentally got shot, and his wife accidentally got shot. Maybe just a little bit of a warning, guns, church, not working out too well together. And for the time being, that's about all I can think of right now. So I'll hand it back over to you guys. 
Quentin, your comments on uh, what uh, Brian had to cover? Well, I wanted to you know touch on what you talked about earlier, and you know everyone, you have to realize that we're in this for the long haul. Um, there's no being whisked away. There's there's actually it's the opposite. the The longer you endure the more the, the gift, the more the blessing. So so to be wished to be, you know, brought up into the sky and taken away, um, study more. Uh, read what Scripture actually truly says about what happens to the churches, what happens to the people here. So, you know, I just wanted to add to that. Um, the developments that are happening just all over the world is just happening at breakneck, uh, neck break speed. And, you know, I think uh, Brian illustrated that as well. And, and what I'm not really sure about is, is, you know, what's, what's going to happen with Damascus? Like, you know, we know that that's a step that is going to materialize the, the actual destruction of Damascus. And and I I believe that we are very close to that, especially if what's going on with Saudi Arabia and Syria and Israel goes down, we may witness that here very very soon. Yeah, I uh, that's that's my sentiments on it. I think we're going to see that really quickly. Um, unfortunately. But uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, let's <laughs> he made reference to what I talked about, and, and this just amazes me that that God will literally come out and tell you something. Um, God is very clear. Uh, that he dwells in Mount Zion. That's always a prophetic representation of what the only term you can give it is God's throne room. Um, it, <laughs> it's amazing that he gives references to a city and then a country, and then he makes references to a place he's going to prepare for you, and then he makes references to the outer court. And people just don't understand. Well, I I'm not going to say what it is, the mechanism that causes them to not not believe what he says. But uh you know, the book of Asaph was written uh for a reason, and you all need to take a read of that. It's um 11 chapters there in a row. You probably should start out with its uh, preface, which is Psalms chapter 50, but it's Psalms 73 through 83. It amazes me how people get confused and say, Matthew, you misspoke. That's that's 10 chapters. No, I assure you, count them by yourself. Psalms 73 <laughs> through 80. <sighs> it really is 11 chapters. And, you know, I just got some more correspondence back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
it was amazing that to me that these people had studied Bible prophecy for 20 years had no idea uh, that the final verses of that chapter I read to you even existed, that God was going to do that again. When he said he's going to do it again, I don't know how many times, to be honest with you. And I'm pretty short up on the scripture. But I'm, I'm really not sure how many times he's actually said that. Exactly what he's intending on doing. He's going to do it again, and there's no way that uh, what was described there in those very four, very short six verses, that's ever, it didn't happen when the mighty Sennacherib invaded, that's for sure. Nobody has ever seen the pillar. On planet Earth since the Exodus. That that ain't happened. And everybody knows it. So you're going to have to come to grips with that because that's a non arguable point. So. Ladies and gentlemen, you need, to get to, you need to get short up on the scripture, not uh, not your terminology that's never in the Bible. I mean, if that term you're referencing is not in the Bible, it is entertainment. I mean, I was talking with another individual this week talking about... Uh, you know, uh, where is the millennium in Scripture? <laughs> and I just start laughing. It's only one place. God never said it's before this event or after it. He gives specific details, and if you're saying something else, well, that's a lie. You're, you're lying. You're not a Christian. God makes himself perfectly clear. The millennium is located only one place on the timeline. <laughs> Christ gets back. He rules literally for a thousand years. And then God comes down. That's what God meant to say. And if you're thinking the millennium is some other place, you're actually lying. You don't realize that by default, you're not a Christian. God calls you something else. He calls you a liar. Does that shock you? Look, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you think the Bible comes out and says that no liar will enter the kingdom of heaven? I mean, he said that for a reason. <laughs> so, if you're an adulterer, that's what you are. You're not a Christian. An adulterer is not a Christian. I mean, there's multiple lists in the Bible of... Uh, now, let's exclude the Old Testament. <laughs> just for, you know, uh, just for uh, 
the sake of those people that are thinking in their mind that I'm referencing, uh, you know, the Old Testament. No, no, I'm not. I mean, the Bible is uh, very clear that uh, there are entire swaths of people that call themselves Christians, but they're not. Okay, I'm First Corinthians. Okay, do not be led astray. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor I mean, God's not lying to you. I mean. The list in, in Galatians, which is a far cry from the Old Testament. I mean, enviers, murderers, uh, drunkards. I mean, he gives this long list, and, and he's very particular about what he says. Of which I tell you beforehand. As I also said before, that the ones practicing such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not, because they're not Christians. So, you know, I'm not, not talking about anything in the, New, in the Old Testament, even though I know by heart and was made to memorize all 613 laws in the Old Testament. I know them all. Do you? No, of course you don't. Every time I have asked that in a public forum, these Hebrew roots idiots have said the same thing. They started stammering. I said, really? Do you know how many are negative and how many are positive? I didn't even know that. So I'm not uh, trying to be legalistic here. I'm just telling you the truth that uh, if you have given yourself up to lust, the book of Ephesians uh, plainly states, and the book of Ephesians is not in the Old Testament, believe it or not. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're never going to be in the millennial reign. Not ever. You're not going to be there. So, if what you're saying is not an echo of what God said, you're actually lying. So you need to refrain from that. You need to refrain from like a dispensationalism. That don't exist in the – I mean God is very clear. There is, it's not an issue up for debate what he meant. He said exactly what he meant. He really did. So there's no question when the millennial reign of Christ is. There's no issue with it. There never was. 
I mean, you read it from Genesis to Revelation, it only says one thing. If you're saying something else, at the end of the day, it's irrelevant whether you have been misled or misunderstood what you heard. That's irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is that you're a liar. That's what you are. And if you didn't understand <laughs> that there really is going to be a point in time where God is going to erect a tabernacle over you of protection, there really is going to be another uh, exodusian pillar If you don't believe that's ever going to happen, and you're telling everybody something else is going to happen, you're actually lying. Whether you've been misled or you don't understand or not, that's not the point. The point is, is that you're lying because you spoke without authority. And that is an easily resolved issue with today's technology. I mean, like the verse I mentioned in relationship to this, how they reacted at what the Son of God had to say. They were astonished because he spoke with authority. Well, of course he had authority. He had total recall. Because, well, he's the one that actually wrote it. And he was amazed at him <laughs> that you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't understand anything. That's what he told them. <coughs> Excuse me. And he wasn't rebuking them. He, he was just telling them the way it was. No, you don't. You don't. You don't understand what's going to happen. What's, what's going to happen is what. Well, God said that. That's what's going to happen. So if, if you thought in your mind that that chapter had happened at some other point in time, that was an historical event where seven women had latched onto one man. No, 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 that's never happened before. Those events never happened <laughs> surrounding uh, a pillar appearing. No, no. So you all need to consider this. If you're responsible for the Lord's sheep, and by default, that is determined on whether you use the term ministry. Speaking out of ignorance is not going to save you. God don't care. Either you're a liar or not. So, if you're speaking out of ignorance, you're in just as much danger. Because you've got all kinds of time. All kinds of time. What do you... <laughs> How many hours are you awake? What did you do today? What time did you get up today? You cannot actually... 
approach the throne of the living God, having called yourself a minister or running a ministry, which is the same thing, and tell him that you did not have time to gain knowledge and crawl out of your ignorance. Ladies and gentlemen, you experience time differently than God does. You don't realize that. All the time that you wasted on your video game, uh, he counted and can experience those seconds randomly and completely at will. He has total recall. Do you understand that? And he knows exactly what you did today. He knows where you spent your time. And you're insulting his intelligence if you haven't figured out by now that rapture's not in his word. It's not. And ladies and gentlemen, if you was believing that that verse was in reference to after the rapture, that makes you an adulterer. You don't realize that, do you? Let me explain it to you. After you've had your transfigured body, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's after the wedding supper of the Lamb. Don't you realize that? Here, well, let me break it down for you, okay? Please no one understand this. I love my wife and have been faithful to my wife the entire time I've been married to her. But when we enter the kingdom of heaven, I'm not going to sleep with my wife, ladies and gentlemen, because if I do, if I sleep with her in a resurrected body after the wedding supper of the Lamb, I'm committing adultery because we both will be the bride of Christ. You didn't get that? You didn't understand that? Oh my goodness, you really didn't understand that, did you? Ladies and gentlemen, after you've become the bride of Christ, it, if you fornicate with anybody else, you're an adulterer. You really didn't know that. Well, you need to do this. Get your timelines, and if those terms aren't in the Bible, just take them off that timeline and reconfigure. It's, it's no big deal. But just remember that you must issue a detraction if you're a part of a ministry. It's not the end of the world. But if you come out and correct your mistakes... You're never going to have any credibility with anybody. Even your own children aren't going to believe a word that comes out of your mouth if you don't correct your mistakes. I mean, like I talked about this the other day, these people that had changed the titles of their ministries. I mean, look. If you had a ministry based off of the Revelation 12 sign being the rapture, 
changing the name of your group's not going to help because nobody that's a part of that ministry is going to believe a word out of your mouth anymore. You have to issue a detraction. You just have to correct yourself. Your own children's not going to believe you. You need to... I mean, I personally have provided everything you need. God wouldn't put a Urayan crown signifying the queen of Egypt on his bride. God would never do that. Not ever. So, sorry for that long diatribe there. Brian, you're... Uh, your comments on this matter. Well, I mean, I ain't got too much to say on it. It's the atypical. Seems to be a whole lot of fallacies floating around out there. They just want to talk about things that are nowhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, I've seen a nice little trend lately. Um, they like to take a word that's not even there, nor does that word mean that, and they'll put in parentheses next to it and change the word altogether so it will fit their twisted um, psychotic delusions because in the realm I'm speaking of, that's exactly what it is. It's a psychotic delusion. I mean, we've got in my neck of the woods, and it's spread all throughout the world. I mean, I don't need to play the my neck of the woods game, people. This is all over the place. Where the occult's completely just come in and taken over and infiltrated. And it's, you know, according to these people, it's all good. Doesn't matter. You can't correct any of them. You can't say a word to them. They seem to think they know better. There's no point. So... You know, it's just nonsense upon nonsense, be it, you know, teaching in one realm or teaching in another. There's just nonstop complete insanity out there. People, if you're not getting out your Bibles and reading them for yourself, they can pull the wool over your eyes on a continual basis, and they will do so. But taking it a step further, you better go in there. You better read it for what it says. Because you come in with all that nonsense in your mind and read, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it means because um, George over there was the one that told me that's what it means. And then they just keep running around. You know, Clinton brought up something very interesting earlier. What's it going to take to get people's attention? Uh, we've stated a few thousand times what it would take. Oh, stock market collapsing. Maybe something will happen at the Super Bowl halftime show that will get their attention. Uh, that's kind of what it boils down to at this stage. I mean, right now you've got warnings coming out, basically that the um, quote-unquote right has completely lost their way. There's no – they don't stand for anything um, related to morality any longer. Matter of fact, they would rather vote in a guy that's been accused of Six accounts of dating women that were around the age of 14 when he was in his 30s. They would rather vote him in because they're afraid that they might lose a seat to a Democrat. That's how ridiculously stupid this garbage has gotten. 
It's well, just absolute nonsense. Well, it's more ridiculous than that. Why did they vote at all? I thought Obama was the Antichrist. I mean, what point was there go to going and voting? I mean, these same idiots running around saying that the last pope was the Antichrist. These same people are still running around. Not having a clue that your own children aren't going to listen to you, man, because they heard you say that crap. And then they sat around and watched you jump up and down and because you all jumped up and down, didn't you? Just for different reasons. Some of you jumped up and down because Trump got elected, and some of you jumped up and down because he didn't. But all your children heard what you said about Obama, so they're just sitting there looking at you like, what on earth is going on? You don't realize that's why your your five, six, seven-year-olds were looking at you during the election. You don't realize that's what they were thinking in their minds. Yeah, they don't believe a word that comes out of your mouth. And you don't realize that they're going to bear testimony against you. Now, surely that would bother you. So let me get this right. (laughs) While you were promoting this crap... Your elementary school children didn't ever once come up to you while you were at the computer and stand beside you and hold your arm. Man, they know exactly what you were saying. You don't realize that, do you? And a lot of times you probably got mad at them, right? Because it was time to eat supper, so, you know... They come to get you because supper was ready or whatever, so they come up and stood right behind you, and you got mad at them, didn't you? And they saw what was on that screen. They saw you saying that the last pope was the Antichrist and Obama was the Antichrist. Man, they saw it. You can't lie to them. They saw it because they probably even got in trouble for doing it, probably on more than one occasion. Oh, my gosh, you don't realize that, do you? Wow, that just occurred to me that you don't realize that. Clinton, your uh, your thoughts or a new topic? That that's all right. Um, let's just jump in here and uh, let's get your your take on things. Well, uh, to kind of take it in a different road, um, you know, we've talked about the genetic testing um, in, in past broadcasts, and and these people that are you know doing the little swab in their in their mouths and then sending it in, and and it comes back, and and there's been something that's been kind of bothering me, and I I don't even know how to approach it, but. Like I've I've seen that some of the results are coming back saying, oh well, you're this percentage Neanderthal, and that this percentage of whatever it may be, and and I'm like, okay, so 
we can just casually say, hey, I'm 12% Neanderthal, and that's part of our society now, like to, to even contemplate that. But then also it came out, I think it was today or yesterday, about how now the police departments, the FBI, CIA, whoever wants to get this information, can then either through the use of a warrant or possibly without, just through the Patriot Act, uh, get your DNA results from these companies for whatever reason they choose. You know, they can they can do that. Um, and I, I just want to bring up this topic and, and kind of see what your guys' view is on, on this craziness as well. Well, it's proof of the ultimate form of Nazism. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I, I just watched a, a, my wife showed me this video where they uh, somehow they got a hold of this um, uh, California police officer's video because he didn't know the video was turned on. They had actually turned it on remotely 30 seconds before he hit the button. And they recorded him planting cocaine on a person he had pulled over. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. How hard is it to follow you to the bar? Get your last beer bottle, swab that, take it to his crime scene, and guess what? You won't even have a trial, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Clinton. He goes to a New Year's Eve party. Somebody's there. Everybody's drunk. Ah, yes. Except the one intent on doing Clinton evil. Grabs one of those beer bottles, takes a swab, goes murders whoever they want to murder, and then leaves that evidence there for police to find. There's Clinton's going to the chair, buddy. He's going to be executed. And you actually don't think that's where this is going? That's absolutely where it's going. And what baffles me is the only way to escape this is to be at the right place at the right time. Well, just like Joseph marrying baby Jesus, you've got to be at the right place at the right time in order to escape their clutches. But you don't you don't realize that's what's happening. But Brian can put his his two sets in here about this. But that's absolutely where it's going. <laughs> absolutely. Um, what are you all going to do about your mothers when they get elderly? But there's been genetic testing, so she can't get Medicaid. What are you going to do with your elderly mother? Or do you care? I guess that's a big question. But what about yourself? What about if you have one of these medical issues that Clinton has told us about? They already know. By default, you will never look. You'll never know. Clinton's described it to us. Look, man. All of a sudden, you'll start putting in applications, not knowing that the reason, the real reason why you lost your last job, is they found out that. You know, you had uh, a genetic uh, marker for uh, a bad heart, and it runs in your family, have a heart attack in your 40s. So they just got rid of you. And you don't realize that's why nobody's calling you, because that's the first thing they do. 
They get your social security number off the application, submit it, get the genetic results, and that's what they're deciding on hiring you off of. That's where you're going. You don't have to like it. It is where you're going. That's where you're going. So, Brian, what's what's your thoughts on this? Well, I, I find it ironic you brought up Medicaid and Medicare, you know, that, that infamous tax bill that nobody's covering because they're all obsessed with something else. Doc, folks, those things are gone. Social Security is getting axed. Why is nobody talking about that? Well, they're just like the – remember, uh, Brian, when we covered that story that the uh, – uh, all the Greek old people went uh, – well, they, they didn't riot because they're old people. But these bunch of old people got – and they was even tipping over the police vehicles because, you know, all their retirement was gone. <laughs> they were only getting you know 60 euros a day or whatever. We covered that. Well, these people don't realize that they're going to be those people. They're not going to talk about it until it's too late. Just like those Greek retirees. That's when they're going to talk about it. Until then, they will talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, Brian. They will talk about, um, oh my goodness. They'll talk about anything else. But history's proved that, hasn't it? Okay, when did the farmers start protesting... The importation of, I don't know, wheat. And then during the 80s, it crashed all the farms and the banks and the barons come in and bought up all the farms. Well, Brian, for the same reason. They didn't talk about it till it was too late. There was no undid. The law was already passed. There was no protesting then. They did not have the resources to resist. Their wallet was already empty. That's when they'll talk about it. They'll entertain each other to death until it's too late. I mean, they don't think they're ever going to retire and need Social Security or, you know. I mean... I mean, I may be wrong, but uh, Clinton, what's your thoughts on it? Why do you think nobody's talking about uh, what is happening underneath their very eyes with uh, social services? Why do you think they're not talking about it, Clinton? Well, I, I don't think people actually want to find out the answers. I think um, I think we're lazy. And uh, uh, the majority of people just want to sit down in front of the TV and have the TV tell them what to believe. And if you look at the news cycles, they don't give you any kind of, you know, meat, nothing to really understand anything. And so we, we just keep getting dumbed down. And and that's what <laughs> what our societies become is, is a population that just sits there and is fed whatever they want us to feed and a small population actually goes out and tries to find this information. I mean, people should be terrified that there is a $1.5 trillion cut to Medicare and Medicaid that is directly given to tax breaks to the rich. 
people should be in uproar about that, but, but no one cares. People should be in an uproar that they're talking about liquefying Social Security. You know, I mean, but now, people don't talk about that. Now, now, wait a minute, man. There's all kinds of Christian ministries set up to oppose these. Oh, my gosh, I'm really not going to say it. The New World Order, right? So what you're saying is not making any sense. You just said that literally you can prove that this $1.5 trillion is being transferred from the needy to the wealthy, and yet all these ministries run around and say that's what they're opposing, right? I thought. So they're just doing it out, out in well, the public, and they're rooting for it? or It's, it's more about being right than, than understanding what's going on. You know, we, we have taught ourselves that um, if you are going to be a Christian, you have to be a Republican. And then if anyone is liberal or anyone is Democrat, then they are the enemy. That That is what we have taught our population. And now, you know, when you look at what's going on in Alabama, this is the exact it. The, the comparisons of what of Roy Moore, they're even comparing. 